Time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. We gotta have the music from the greatest haunted house movie of all time. You know what that's from? Don't look at the screen. Don't look at the computer. Amityville Horror. You got it. All right. You got it. We have joining us now Aaron Sylvia, the surrealtor, is here with us. Good morning, Aaron. How are you? Good morning, Tim. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing all right. So it is spooky season. So I figured we should have you come in and talk about this story that's been making the news, but also some other haunted house related stuff too. But I'm going to ask you before we get into all that, what's your favorite horror movie? Oh, my favorite horror movie. That is a tough one. I might have to say Bram Stoker's Dracula. Wow. So, do you find that to be a scary movie? I mean, it's a great movie, but do you find that to be scary? I find parts of it scary. I think that uh, anything with Gary Oldman in it's going to be scary. Yes. Even yes, unintentionally. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, I was, I was kind of scared watching him in Batman. What was he in? Batman Begins? Was that the one that he was? Oh, Commissioner yeah. Gordon? yeah. Yeah, Commissioner Gordon. So, but I think that, first of all, I'll, I'll give you my answer. Poltergeist, because that's my favorite movie of all time. So okay. it's easy for it to be my favorite horror movie, That is too. very scary. But, uh, and I, I always tell everybody now, you got to get the 4K edition. If you have a 4K TV, get a 4K Blu-ray player and get the 4K. You feel like you're in that house with mm-hmm. the ghosts around you. It's so cool. Uh, but, obviously, you know, haunted house movies are something that has given a lot of stigma to what people think goes on in a home that might have paranormal activity. But as you can attest to, it's not always and very rarely as bad as you see in some of these horror films. Definitely not. What do you find to be, you know, the when you hear people talking about haunted homes, what are the, what are the types of activity they're usually discussing? Uh, usually um, hearing things like maybe, maybe footsteps, maybe some strange ambient noise, um, um, having left things where you didn't think that you left them, things like that. And you know what's funny is if you go and buy a home, especially an older home, it's going to make all kinds of noises anyway. Yes. And if you don't know anything about any kind of possible hauntings, you would hear those noises and be like, oh, it's just an old house settling. But for some reason, when you know that somebody might have died in that house, all of a sudden that, that you know, creaky floorboard that resettles when the heat comes on and the wood expands all of a sudden becomes, oh, my God, that's Agatha walking through the hallway again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about, because this story that, that came about is what kind of inspired a lot of conversation about this uh, across social media. In Millbury, Massachusetts, there's a former funeral home that's gone up for sale. And people look at that and say, well, who would want to live in a fu- former funeral home? I ask you this. When was the last time that you were in a funeral home that you said, this place is a dump? <laughs> right, like right. Every- they're always very well kept. And they're beautiful and they have many rooms. And you say, wow, this place is so nice. It's a shame that they use it for funerals and that somebody doesn't live here. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the secret. 
a lot of times people do live there. Yes. And uh, a lot of these are family-owned homes that you just happen to be using their downstairs living rooms for funerals, basically. That's right. And when we look at stories like this, which got a lot of attention because the realtor put the for sale sign out and put on the top of the sign, probably haunted. Now, this has gone, this has been a meme that's been going around for a number yes, of years. As a years. realtor, you've probably seen that quite a bit. Oh, yes. I've, I've thought of getting it myself. But, and it works. That's it the does. thing, is it actually it works. Yes. All the attention that came to this house as a result of it. I don't know if it's sold yet, but I'm sure they've gotten a lot of interest. Yes, yes. It is It is still active. So if anybody is looking, it is still available. But yes, I mean, the attention has been incredible. I mean, they were featured in USA Today. I, that just doesn't happen very often. And it's it's only $769,000, only. which sounds like a low amount, but for the amount of square footage that you get in some of these homes. Yes. I mean, that, that home is over 5,000 square feet. It's massive. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, being a realtor and working in Massachusetts. There are certain rules and every state's different in how they do this. Correct. But if I'm coming to you and I want to buy a home and you're showing me a home and I ask you the question, has anybody ever talked about this place being haunted? How do you have to answer that question? Well, that depends. If I'm, if I'm your buyer's agent, then I would go to the listing agent and I would, I would ask that question that you just asked me. If I was the listing agent, I would have to respond truthfully. I could not mislead you in any way. Um, I, I wouldn't be allowed to advertise the fact that, oh, the owners told me that they hear voices at night or objects move around. I wouldn't be allowed to disclose that. But if you ask me, then I have to tell you the truth. So you said you can't disclose that information. Could you, if the sellers were okay with you disclosing that information? Absolutely. So if they said, hey, we know this place is haunted. We want somebody who wants to buy it that wants to appreciate these ghosts and wants to, you know, kind of further on the conversations we've built with them, they can tell you to, to actually advertise it that way. Yes, yes, abs uh, absolutely. You can advertise. There's, there's, there's no rule saying that you can't say that a house is haunted. You can only say, you can't say it's haunted if the seller has not given you permission to do so. It's, it's called a stigmatized property. Any property that has any associations with it that don't, they don't actually affect the property itself, you know, like a, like there being a defect in the foundation or something like that. A stigmatized property is anything that um, has a psychological stigma associated with it, you know, like where, where maybe certain d deaths or other negative events have happened. So I'm sure like, you know, people probably ask that question all the time. Has, has anybody ever died in this house? And if it's an older house, you have to just make the assumption that, yeah, they probably have. People used to die at home back in those days. Yeah, yeah. And and to be honest, actually, I, I haven't gotten that question a lot. Has anybody really? died here? No, I, I that's not a question I get a lot. Um, the only time I ever actually got the question, is the house haunted, was when I was actually selling a beautiful Victorian home that looked like it could have been out of um, a spooky movie. And then when you said to the person, there's no reports of that, they said, never mind, then show us something else. We want a haunted place. <laughs> it's, a, it's a famous story with, I don't know if you're familiar with Tom D'Agostino. He is a writer who has written a number of different ghost books on the area. And him and his wife, Arlene, they live in Connecticut. And when they were out looking for a home, they walked into this old, beautiful house and they fell in love with it immediately. And they turned to the real estate, real estate, real estate agent and said, is this place haunted? And her face just fell. And she was like, oh. yeah, there are some reports of stuff that's gone on. So um, I guess you probably want me to show you something else. And Tom was like, no, no, no. Now we want it even more. <laughs> 
And because that's they were looking for a place that, that had that aspect to it. And I, I'm sure there are people that do request that. Now that you are out there as this a realtor, have you had people reach out and say, if you ever hear of a haunted place, keep me in mind? I, I haven't had that happen yet. I, I look forward to that happening soon, but not yet. I mean, I would love to have a haunted place, but also... I do this stuff so much that I also want to have a place I can go to that I don't have to worry about yeah, that. Yeah, where, where you have a break yeah. from, from your day job. I don't need the ghosts following me home, and no. I certainly don't want them already there waiting for me when I get there. So I always make the joke, I don't see a problem with a nice succubus, but, you know, like, those are demons. That's a different story. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that happens with these stigmatized properties is, you know, you will have to answer, as you said, you have to answer that question truthfully. But you don't always have all the information that might become available later on. So you might Absolutely. answer truthfully at the time, but that answer might not actually be the case. Uh, true, true. So I, the best thing, you know, if you're, if you're a realtor is, is, is to say, I have not been uh, told of, of any information regarding any unusual activity, hauntings, deaths. Um, that's just the best thing to say is that I, I, none of that has been disclosed to me personally. But you are also a little bit different than other realtors who are looking into this because you are the surrealtor. So you want yes. to find these properties. So do you do that extra level of digging just for your own information when you're looking into a property? Do you try to find out if there's any of that stuff going on or any of that history? Sometimes, yes. Sometimes I'll do a little bit of extra digging. Um, uh, more so, I'm, I'm interested in just the history of the house in general. Um, because I feel like every house has, has a, an interesting story to tell. Um, and a lot of that can be just found out simply in the public records. And sometimes, sometimes it goes in a spooky direction, sometimes not, but it's still interesting nonetheless. And a lot of times you're dealing with things that probably happened to the families that lived in those homes. So, you know, as you said, they might not always want those details out there. Some, right. some things are private. So if somebody might've died a horrible death in that home, but it was yes. because of illness and something that, you know, the family is still trying to get over and yes. they don't need to advertise it out there, but you can just say... Yes, somebody did pass away in this home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, and, uh, and sometimes if the realtor doesn't know, um, sometimes what prospective buyers will do is that they'll go and chat with the neighbors because usually the neighbors have a sense of, of what's going on. Um, I, I definitely had uh, a client who let me know after the fact that she, uh, when she bought a house that um, she was chatting with one of the neighbors and she did find out that so somebody did die um, a very sad death on the property. And, uh, and so that, that was why in a certain part of the garage, we saw a cross hanging and we weren't really sure why. Mm. Well, I, I can tell you, you know, you see in these horror films, families move in, all hell breaks loose. Like look at the Amityville horror. The, the Lutz family lives there for 28 days. Then they have to pack up everything and move. They leave mm -hmm. all their belongings behind. And the stories in, in, in the books and the movies, they always try to make it far worse than it is. I think most people that end up moving into a home that find out that it's haunted, they stick around. Very few people leave because a home's a pretty big deal, a pretty big investment. Very big investment, To just yes. walk away from yes. because some doors are closing on their own. Yes. it's. Uh, I'm, I mean, it's, it's, it's the biggest purchase you ever make in your life generally. And unless you have a lo whole lot of discretionary income or, you know, other places where you can go, um, generally people try to stick it out. So I think a lot of people, you know, they know the process of buying a home or they work with somebody like you to learn about the process mm -hmm. and they realize, you know, you've got to have inspections, you've got to have yes. all of this stuff that's checked out. Have you had people that have said, and I also have to come and have it blessed and I have to have somebody come and burn some sage? I mean, have you seen that? Some people just want to do that just to be safe. Usually I'm not involved in any of that. Um, and some sometimes some people are 
may be a little embarrassed to say that because they don't know how how their realtor will react. And and it's usually something that's done once once they already have the, the house anyway. So the realtor is gen- generally out of out of the picture. But yes, I'm sure um, plenty of people, you know, d- depending on what their belief s- uh, system is, um, uh, I, I mean, I, I know personally, I have friends like, you know, if they ever move into a new apartment or a new place, you, you know, they've got to They've got to sage it just as a as a baseline for when they when they move in. Sure. Just trying to make sure that you're clearing out the energies before you bring in your own. Right. Um, and anybody that's ever moved into a place that somebody else has lived in, you know that it takes a while before it feels like yours. Yeah. So that can kind of help, you know, expedite that process. One thing that I used to talk about on Spooky South Coast and I would advocate for, and I don't know how realistic it is, but I would always tell people, hey, listen, if you're going to say I have to have this person come and check this out and this person before I sign the papers, you should be able to say, and I also want this paranormal team to come in and check it out beforehand. (laughs) Now, legally, I would not like say depend on that paranormal investigation to decide whether or not you want to make this purchase, Mm -hmm. but it might make you feel a little bit more comfortable to have somebody come in. Now, the problem is too many of the paranormal groups that are out there today just want to go and find ghosts. Mm -hmm. So they're going to walk in and they're going to think that everything, you know, every creaky pipe is a, is a ghost and then they're going to tell you your place is haunted before you might buy it. But I, I think some people would actually feel better having that quote unquote inspection done first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I d- yeah. Definitely. Depending on the person. As a, as a realtor though, how would you feel if somebody said, I want a paranormal team to come check it out first? Uh, well, I, I would say, uh, let's, let's put that, uh, let's put that in the offer and, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's have a chat about that with, you know, with, uh, with the other agents and, um, just make sure that everybody's clear on if there are certain results, what does that mean? Does that mean that you're going to walk away? Does that mean that you're going to take it anyway? Um, it, it's it's something that beforehand uh, it, you would want to clearly outline. I, I think, too, that the stigmatized property law here is something that is going to start to come into play when people don't think about it as something that will come into play. They think about it when it comes to, like you're saying, a big old Victorian house or, mm-hmm. you know, a, a cabin out in the middle of the woods in the middle of nowhere. But what we're not realizing is that, you know, w- with the opioid crisis, with a lot of things that are going on, there are people who are dying in their homes all the time. Yes, yes. And that's going to leave, you know, some kind of a, of an imprint, even if you don't believe in, in paranormal things, it still kind of has a heaviness that can that can reside in a place. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I, I mean, um, and, and deaths aren't the only heavy thing to, uh, to reside in a place. I mean, stigmatized properties also goes for properties where just general crimes, ha, um, you know, have taken place, like, say, like, a former a former drug lord's house um, for commercial properties, um, a place that used to be a chop shop. That generally can be very a very negative thing when you go to sell it. I, I know somebody that moved into a former drug dealer's home, and the guy had all of these embedded speakers throughout the home. Like mm-hmm. they he'd put in a sound system all through, and they were ripping out the speakers because they weren't going to use them. And they were like, "We can just redo those walls and have it look nice." And uh, as they're pulling apart the wall, they found all of his drugs that he'd hidden in the wall. And they immediately brought it down to the police department and said, here, like, we found this in the walls of our house. And I was like, well, you might have just given away half your mortgage there. (laughs) But, you know, it's... They did the right thing. (laughs) But it's understandable. Like, it does happen that you can move into these places and they have the stuff left over. Yes. Whether it be physical things or, you know, just emotional things. Mm -hmm. What has been the weirdest property that you've had to deal with? The weirdest property that I've had to deal with uh, was actually pro- probably the one I was telling you about where the um, 
where the buyer told me after the fact that um, that a death had occurred there because um, going down to the basement, I saw that the former owner had written lots of things on the wall going downstairs, mm. just things. Um, it was bas- basically that person's way of um, self-therapy, just almost like a little diary almost writing about how they were coping with something, but they weren't exactly saying what it was. Late, later on, I found out what it what it was. But um, that there was just all of these little things in the property that were just very, very unusual. And then it all sort of, it all, it, the whole picture came together after the fact. So somebody says to you, I want to sell my house. I want you to help me sell it. Um, I know that it's haunted. I've had these experiences. I'm okay with you talking about it. I want the world to know about it. Would you want to put probably haunted on the sign outside of that property? I absolutely would. If that if that is the marketing strategy that I agree to with my seller, then absolutely. I mean, I mean, you you see the publicity that it gets. You can't pay for that kind of advertising. Because I wonder if there's going to be people who might be serious about buying that property, but then see that and they're like, oh, never mind, because yeah, now this that, could be a circus or if that I move is, in. That is, something, that is something to think about beforehand is, is that, you know, is this, w- will this help me or will this ultimately hurt me? You can't, you can't necessarily know and doing it one way or the other will, you know, either rule out certain buyers or not attract certain buyers that you want to attract. So the best thing is to figure out beforehand is, will this be good for my specific property? Because I think, you know, if you look at Maplecroft, that's sold to a family that has no interest in the paranormal as far as I know. You know, they have young kids and everything and everything seems to be going okay for them. But imagine if somebody had tried to buy the Conjuring House and just make it their own personal property. Mm -hmm. It probably wouldn't have worked. They'd still have people showing up in their yard every night. Pro- yes, yes, probably. I mean, that's that's definitely the sort of the conjuring house is the sort of property where you need to know going into it that this is a famously um supposedly haunted home. Um because because exactly like you said, you'll you'll have people show, showing up, coming into your yard thinking that they can just walk around and look around and that's definitely not something that you would want a buyer to go into blindly. And also, you know, you want to make sure that when people do show up in your yard, that they're real living people. So <laughs> yes, that yes. sometimes you see them walking around the yard and, and they're not. Well, we're just about out of time here, Erin. So why don't you let everybody know how they can follow The Surrealtor and how they can follow along with your work? Uh, well, you can go to thesurrealtor.com. Uh, I am on Facebook also and on Instagram. And I have a YouTube channel also. Um, so if you search uh, The Surrealtor on YouTube, you can find a few of my videos. And I hope to post a few more soon. And you all you also have a new venture that you started too. Oh, yes, yes. I um well you, you know, loving old houses. I also love old old things as as well. So um I recently started an antiques business called Sherwood Relics. And so I'm going to keep a, an eye out on the things that you have because uh, if anything's haunted. If anything's you know. haunted, yes. I you you will be the first person I call Tim. All right, sounds good. Erin, thank you for joining us. Erin Sylvia, the realtor. And uh, if anybody has any, you know, haunted properties that they're looking to sell or if they're interested, interested in trying to buy a haunted place, she's the person to talk to. So, all right, we got to take our next break here. When we come back, we will go to the news and then more of your phone calls on the other side. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back in. We're going to go into the newsroom now with Ariel Dorsey. But Ariel, I'm going to ask if you have a few moments after the newscast, if you can stick around. Yeah, of course. All right. Well, uh, she will tell you all the news, and then we'll have her tell us a little bit about herself on the other side of it. Florida Congressman Matt Gates is aiming to remove House Speaker Kevin McCarthy from his post. 
He filed a motion Monday to force a vote to overthrow McCarthy. Speaking to reporters outside the Capitol, the Florida Republican mentioned House Majority Leader Steve Scalise as a potential replacement. The move comes after McCarthy worked with Democrats to pass a short-term funding bill to keep the government open, which conservative members of the conference were opposed to. President Biden's son will appear in federal court on gun charges today. Hunter Biden... Biden was indicted on three felony firearm charges last month, including unlawfully possessing a gun as an illegal drug user. The charges come after a prior plea deal to see the gun offenses dismissed fell apart following scrutiny from a federal judge. Biden's attorneys have called the charges illegitimate. He's expecting to plead not guilty. A New York girl who went missing during a camping trip two days ago has been found safe. Governor Kathy Hochul confirmed Monday that nine-year-old Charlotte Cena was kidnapped and that her alleged abductor is in custody. Cena went missing Saturday night while on a camping trip with her family in upstate New York. A Philadelphia journalist and advocate is dead after being shot at his home early Monday morning. Police say no arrests have been made in connection with the death of 39-year-old Josh Kruger. Kruger most recently covered issues like LGBTQ rights, HIV, homelessness, and addiction in publications, including the Philadelphia Citizens and the Philadelphia Inquirer. Tesla is reporting lower-than-expected numbers of vehicle deliveries in the third quarter. The company announced Monday that it had delivered just over 435,000 vehicles in the quarter ending September 30th. Wall Street analysts have predicted more than 461,000 deliveries. Sunday night's game between the Jets and Chiefs brought in less viewers than last week's Chiefs-Bears game. Both games featured appearances from Taylor Swift, the reported girlfriend of Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. Sunday night football brought in just over 20 million viewers last night compared to last week's Chiefs game that brought in over 24 million viewers. Ballstool Sports founder Dave Portnoy has bought a waterfront estate on Nantucket for $42 million. The sale was reported by the Boston Globe. Portnoy, who founded the popular sports website 20 years ago, says the house is beyond his wildest imaginations. In sports, the Patriots are going to be without a couple of key players for the foreseeable future. According to ESPN, rookie cornerback Christian Gonzalez and veteran linebacker Matthew Judon are both expected to be out indefinitely after getting injured against the Cowboys. Gonzalez injured his shoulder while Judon suffered a lower bicep tendon tear. Both are seeking second opinions. New England is tied for last in the AFC East at 1-3 and and will host the New Orleans Saints Sunday. Former Pro Bowl tight end Russ Francis was killed in a plane crash in Lake Placid on Sunday. He was 70. According to an N- NTSB spokesperson, Francis rolled hard to the left after takeoff from Lake Placid Airport before crashing. Francis was taken by the New England Patriots in the first round of the 1975 draft. He also spent time with the San Francisco 49ers, where he won a Super Bowl in the 1984 season. The Bruins have dropped each of their last three preseason games. Boston fell 3-1 to the Philadelphia Flyers last night, and the Bruins host the Washington Capitals tonight. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6. With you, everybody, on this Tuesday morning, starting out with areas of fog. It will be lifting two to three hours after sunrise. A beautiful day is in store with potential record-breaking temperatures heading into around 80 
Overnight tonight, once again, a cool night with uh, some clouds. Uh, temperatures won't be as cool as last night. And then tomorrow, once again, we do it all over with warm temperatures and dry conditions. Sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Ceci Del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. And welcome, Ariel. Welcome to WBSM and to the morning show. And uh, how are you feeling on, on day two so far? So far, so good. I feel pretty pretty great about everything. Yeah, I mean, it seems like you're you're settling in and feeling comfortable. And of course, as you know, you know, as I told you, it's just, it's only me here. Nobody's listening. It's just the two of us. Don't worry about the audience. Perfect. <laughs> so, but spe- for the for the people who are in the audience, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, so I am a recent graduate from Rhode Island College um, with my media communications degree. So to get a job like this right after graduation has just been amazing. Um, and it's just been exciting to kind of step into this. I grew up in Rhode Island, but I'm currently living in Fall River with my family. So that's where I am. And when, you know, we were talking to you, you know, you you seem to have a real passion for local news, which is not everybody can do that. You know, some people want to look beyond the local. They want to look at the bigger stuff, the state stuff, the national stuff. But you seem to really understand that the local stuff is what really matters to people. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, this is our community. So it's always important to just you know, stay alert and updated with what's going on um, right in your neighborhood, basically. So, you know, that's that's you from a professional perspective. How about you, you know, personally? What are what are some of your hobbies, your interests? What are some of the things that uh, that you want to do in the very, very limited spare time you will have now? Um, I'm I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So. A couple of things. I mean, I love being outdoors. I know the weather is getting a little cooler, um, but we're getting into fall. So I love the fall. I love spooky season. Um, I love being with my family. I'm very involved with my church, um, New Life South Coast. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit a little bit about me. Just So you out. like spooky season? I do. I love spooky so season. So you like ghosts and weird stuff like that? A little bit. It's just a little bit, yeah. Have you ever had a paranormal experience? No. And I do not want to experience I would say, do you want one? No. So I probably should have told you this before we hired you, but this place is haunted. Is it really? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. So we used to have, when we used to have, before we had the kitchen that we have now, we had some cabinets on the other wall and I would go to use the bathroom and I would see that they were open and I would close them and I'd walk out of the bathroom and they'd all be open again. Oh no. And we used to see something that would walk by the studio window and go into here. And the this little studio behind us has a light that comes on when you walk in. It's motion activated. And we would watch like this blur go by that window. And then all of a sudden the light in there would turn on. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. Oh, man. But don't worry. We think that the spirits that are here are actually spirits that we know. Okay. So it's all good and positive. Well, all right. <laughs> So I'll tell you more off the air. But Perfect. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks, Ariel. And uh, we look forward to talking with you every morning. And uh, and you can hear her throughout the course of the day here on the WBSM News. Everybody can send her an email. It's uh, ariel.dorsey, D-O-R-S-E-Y, at townsquaremedia.com. And we'll we'll try to get you ariel at wbsm.com to make it nice and easy so that everybody can say hello and welcome and all of that. So. Perfect. Thank or they you. can send an app chat messages and I'll, I'll read them to you until <laughs> we get you into that one.
Awesome. Thank you. All right. So uh, stay tuned. She'll have the news coming up at the top of the hour as well. Until then, it's all about you. 508-996-0500. If you want to call in and chime in, you can also send app chat messages on the WBSM app. You can also send open line voicemails on the WBSM app. You already heard the first code of the day to try to win Trump's money. We're going to have that code for you every hour. Not the same code, but a code every hour now through the 5 p.m. hour when you hear those codes. Enter the men on WBSM.com or on the app in the Win Trump's Money contest page, and you'll be entered to win $100 cash. And if you are consistent, you know, if you want to keep putting those in there, yeah, you get a shot at $100 every time. But each one of those is an entry to try to win the grand prize of $30,000. And it's still going to go on for another couple of weeks. So you got lots of chances to enter, lots of chances to win. And if you go to the page where you enter in all those codes, there's even some bonus entries that you can earn by liking us and following us on social media and sharing the contest out. You do all that, you're getting a free entry to try to win that 30 grand. You can't go wrong. You're already listening to WBSM anyway. You're already hearing all these codes. Just play along and you could be a winner. 508-996-0500. Let's take our next break and we'll be back in a few moments. Welcome back in. Hey, coming up this Sunday. Yeah, listen, I know things didn't go so well for the Patriots the other day, but they have another shot here with the New Orleans Saints. Not exactly lighting up the NFL here. The Patriots host the Saints on Sunday and kickoff on WBSM is at 1 p.m. with pregame at 10 a.m. The New England Patriots, all the New England Patriots action all season long on WBSM is brought to you by Shooting Supply, by Primacare, and by D&J Enterprises. We got an app chat message from Grammy in Fairhaven who says, Good morning, Tim. I really like the new news person, Ariel. Her voice is clear, concise, and easy to listen to. She has good pronunciation of names and places in our area. Welcome, Ariel. So there you go. You're getting positive app chat messages. That's way more than I get. I mean... I showed you some of the stuff that I get on AppChat. So if you're getting that kind of reaction, you know you're doing it right. All right. So 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. How Good are morning, you? Catherine. How's it going? <laughs> okay, thanks. Uh, welcome to Ariel. And uh, I would give you a positive AppChat. You I'll would. You definitely would. One. Yes, of course. Um, I, it sounds, it's caught the tail end of the guest, uh, and I'm going to listen to the podcast. She sounded very interesting and knowledgeable. Um, just because it's election, uh, what, preliminary uh, election wow, day. I didn't even mention that all day, Catherine. You're right. What's wrong yeah. with me? Um, well, it's because I think it's Monday because I wasn't on the air yesterday. Yeah, I know you weren't. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, okay, so it is. Um, I'd like to mention uh, just very briefly uh, for this uh, call that um, I'm holding in my hand the uh, three pages from the Fall River uh, Charter that they now have after having had a charter review. And this three pages is all about citizen participation mechanisms. And um, I'll, I'll mention a couple another time, but... Three pages worth. Our 
current charter has nothing, zero. We have no pages. So something to think about um, as we uh, think about uh, candidates to vote for. Um, Zach uh, Boyer in Ward 5 is the only candidate who uh, I think that I know of who has publicly spoken in favor of a charter review and as well as term limits for all elected local officials. Um, and uh, the only, I looked at the 925 Standard Times uh, candidate statements. There were a couple of people who did not submit anything, uh, but the one person who did who said anything about uh, um, term limits, nobody said anything about uh, charter revision, but term limits was um, uh, Rowley. Uh, she is in favor of six years for city councilors, and she's running herself uh, at large. So I thought that was interesting. And, and that's it. And and I think, you know, when people go out there and vote today, they often think, well, preliminary election, you know, I'll, I'll vote in November. But today does matter. And getting out there matters. And they've already said, you know, I, I saw a quote from Manny DeBrito, the election commissioner, where uh, he said that they've already had some really, really good turnout for some of this early voting. So I think it shows that people are locked in on this election and that they really care. Well, I hope so. We all should care. Um, if uh, if anyone who doesn't go out and vote, um, you know, because there are so many ways now to vote, that anybody who doesn't, um, and if the outcome isn't to their satisfaction, well, look at themselves and think about what they'll do next time then. And for those who do go out and vote, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Um, you know, we're... Uh, if, you, if people have traveled to different parts of the world, they, they realize that the, nothing, it, things are far from perfect here. However, we do have the right to vote, and it does count. So very important. Okay, I will listen to that podcast. All right, and uh, enjoy that, and enjoy uh, you know being, being part of the, uh, the, the civic duty today. You betcha. All right, okay. take care. Thanks. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know why I didn't mention that earlier. It's because I, I had to keep forcing myself to look at the computer so I said Happy Tuesday instead of Happy Monday because, again, it feels like it is, uh, you know, Monday to me because I was in the newsroom helping Ariel yesterday. But you do want to get out there and vote today. It's very important. Even though it's a preliminary election, it's very important. You can help narrow down... Some of the candidates, you can help decide what the mayor's race is going to look like. And really, you can show that all of this talk about New Bedford voter turnout is not accurate. Show that you care. Get out there and, well, I mean, it's been accurate, but let's not make it accurate in the future. Get out there, show that you care, show that, uh, that we are paying attention and that we do want to exercise that voice that we have. 508-996-0500 if you want to call in in the final few moments. Coming up, Chris and Marcus will have South Coast Now with you, and uh, you'll be able to talk with them more about the preliminary election today. And, of course, we'll have your results for you later on tonight at WBSM.com and on the app, and we can talk more about it tomorrow as we will then be able to zero in on what's going to happen in November. Uh, right now, though, before we go into our final break of the hour, let me tell you a little something about Precision Window and Kitchen in New Bedford, about this family-owned business that does it the right way. So I was talking with somebody 
who actually they came up to me at the presentation that I was doing last night in Dedham and said, I said, you know, I haven't seen you in a while. Where have you been? I, you know, I've been out there doing some of this paranormal stuff and I haven't seen you show up when you usually do. And he said, well, I had to do a lot of work on my house. And I said, well, that's understandable. And he said, yeah, I, I did it all myself to save money. And I'm not really sure that I did it the right way. And I said, well, listen, I would never do that if I had to do something myself. If I had to do something to my home, I would never do it myself. I don't know anything about that. I don't trust myself. I would go right to the experts. And even though he lives in like the Bridgewater area, I told him, call Precision Window and Kitchen. I know that they're in New Bedford, but they will come out to you because they want to make sure that you can get whatever you did fixed correctly. And that's the difference that they can do. They're they're not just somebody who is going to come and do the job as quickly as possible, collect the check and move on to the next job. They're going to make sure that that job gets done right. That is the commitment that they have to you as the customer, as their client, as the person who is trusting them with your home. So they will take the time to make sure it gets done right now. But the advantage of that is because they have so many of the materials already in stock, because they build so much of the stuff that they need to install right there in their own shop, they can still get the job done quickly and efficiently. They don't have to wait for stuff to come in or wait for the other guys to build it and send it to them. They are the other guys that are building it for everyone else. So call Precision Window and Kitchen first. Have them come down, take a look. They will give you a free estimate, whether it be window replacement, doorway entry door replacement, a full kitchen or bath remodel, vinyl siding, or even replacing the entire roof. I said to my friend, I said, what are, what are some of the things that you did that you think you didn't do right? And he said, well, have you ever tried to put in your own plumbing? And I said, Yes, I have. That's why I would call Precision Window and Kitchen to come and build everything that I needed around the plumbing to hide the horrible job that I did. Have them come and refurbish your bathroom and build you that nice vanity around the sink so that nobody can see the way that you Mickey Mouse those pipes to get them working. That's one of the great things that they can do for you, and they can do it right. Precision Window and Kitchen in New Bedford. Check them out online, precisionwindowandkitchen.com, or go down to their showroom at 1111 Cushioned Avenue and talk to them in person. All right, I got to take my final break of the hour. We'll be right back. karaoke and you're like ah i i don't know that i can keep up with the words on the screen i can't read that fast and you're not sure about a song do yellow lead better by pearl jam because you don't really need to know the words 
because I don't think anybody really knows the words. Uh, but you just have to know kind of the general mumbling tone of that song. But I love that song. And actually, the lyrics are very good to it. Um, but uh, really, all Pearl Jam is great. But that's that's really, really good. Uh, we only have about a minute left here before we will give way to South Coast Now with Marcus Farrow and Chris McCarthy. That is coming your way, coming up next. And we'll have Bill O'Reilly after that, Barry Richard, and then Howie Carr following that. And, of course, uh, when we have all of these shows put up on podcasts, you can check them out anytime that it works for you. So if you missed our conversation earlier with Erin Sylvia, the Surrealtor, about stigmatized properties, and that's, again, not just places that are rumored to be haunted, but places where somebody might have died, places where there might have been a murder, or even just some general crime, then 